Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Deeper Still, where we carve out space to have meaningful conversations about God and life as we ask where He might be calling us to go deeper still in relationship with Him, with others, and the world around us. My name is Sue Ann Camfield, and I have the joy of being the host of this podcast. And as always, I'm so glad you chose to join us today. Well, on today's episode of Deeper Still, we're doing something just a little bit different, but not too different. Um, Many of you know I produce this podcast in partnership with my local church, which is located here in the western suburbs of Chicago. And one of the things I love about my church, one of the things I love about serving on staff here is the way that we support and encourage women to use their influence and ministry at all levels of leadership, as well as to use their unique influence in their everyday lives. It is so core to who we are. And so I am very excited to say that on November 3rd and 4th, we are partnering with an organization called Lead Bold. Lead Bold is committed to empowering and equipping women in their ministry and their leadership. And so we are going to serve as a host site for the first ever Lead Bold conference that is being held here in the Midwest. And so I want to use this opportunity, I want to use our platform to share the vision of what that conference is all about in hopes that maybe you or a woman in your life will be encouraged to join us. To help me with this conversation today, I'm excited to welcome Andrea Coley to Deeper Still. Andrea is the executive director of Lead Bold and currently serves as a teaching pastor at Crosswinds Church in California's Bay Area. Andrea is also part of the teaching team for, get this, Preacher Chicks United, an incubator for women of color to cultivate their gifts of preaching and teaching. Today, we're going to talk about leadership and influence and why it matters as Andrea shares a little bit more about the Lead Bold story and our upcoming conference. So my friends, whatever you're doing today, wherever you find yourself, saddle up, settle in, and listen in as Andrea and I go deeper still. Well, Andrea, welcome to Deeper Still. It is just so great to have you here today. I love getting to be here with you. I love that we can be in two different states on opposite sides of the country and be together <laughs> today. Thank you for having me. Um, Andrea, I have to ask. So you and I are um, newer friends, and um, it's been so fun to get to know you a little bit over these last couple of months and as we've planned for this conference that we're going to talk about uh, throughout the course of the conversation. But I was doing a little more homework on you reading, uh, you know, I was, I was totally stalking you on the internet, nice. reading some of your bio. And I came up with two things that I don't think I knew. <laughs> and one is kind of funny and one is a little more serious. And I want to ask you about both. So which do you want first? Do wow. you want the, the funny one or do you want the, oh, the serious one is just mildly serious. It's not all that. All serious. right. Okay. So let's I'm, get I'm the serious one out of the way. <laughs> okay. So what I, I somehow missed when we were talking earlier is that you have your master's degree from Fuller Seminary. I sure do. <laughs> I did not know that. I am in my third year of my master's degree at Fuller Seminary. Yay! We have lots of staff members here at Christ Church who are Fuller students. Our lead pastor is the president of yes, the Fuller Board. I love it. And so I have to ask you, what was your degree in and how was that for you? Yeah, my I have my MA in theology. Um, I went into seminary being in youth ministry and thought I was going to kind of go more specialized that way. But partway through, I became part of a church plant and kind of pivoted more into creative arts ministry. And so I just went a little more broad. But I was um, 
I, yeah, I was at Fuller on the in person on the main campus down in Pasadena. And I went straight out of college, which I guess has its pros and cons. In some ways, I think had I gone having done ministry for a while, I, it would have been a whole different experience. But so I was really, I feel like a lot of my classmates were much older than me or had been in ministry for a while and then came back. So, you know, that was my experience. I I love that I got to do that. I love that I already lived um, and was involved in a church that was cl- very close to one of the country's premier seminaries. And so I just kind of left college that was one county over, switched over to seminary, stayed right. at serving and leading at my church, and just went through. So, yeah. That's amazing. Well, I, I, so I'm starting my third year. I'm in it right now. I'm so in the weeds of my master's mm-hmm. in theology. And so I would be the older, more experienced <laughs> person that you're talking about. <laughs> well, but good I, for you. I love the diversity. The diversity is awesome. And I love seeing uh, younger, younger students who are just fresh in ministry. It's so much fun. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the things I really loved about Fuller is that just the breadth of who was there. And um, yes. yeah, so good for you. Yes. Another thing we have in awesome. common. I know, I know. Well, here's the second thing, and this is kind of fun, which this one I definitely did not know. So were you seriously a cast member with Second City? <laughs> I seriously was. Because <laughs> you know That's that, that, of course, that ties really well with theology, right? Um, yes. I. So when we lived, I mentioned I lived in Michigan. When we lived in Detroit, I went through what was called the a training conservatory that the Second City um, Detroit stage offered. And then we moved to Vegas, and shortly after we moved to Vegas, one of my friends from Detroit said, do you know that they're starting a new show there at the at the uh, Second City Vegas stage where it's an all-improvised show, and they're adding a second show to their regular sketch show? And I, long story short, uh, me and along with a couple hundred other people from all over the country. Although I just drove down the street like 10 minutes from my house to the strip. We all auditioned and I got cast in in that um, kind of opening cast. And so I was in that show for the whole four years that we lived there. And it was amazing and it was crazy and I can't believe I got to do it. And it was super cool. That is super cool. And for those of you who don't know what Second City is, it's an improv, like famous improv um, show. I don't. I don't know. Studio. I don't know what to call it. That's based mm-hmm. here in Chicago. That many, many famous. You know, many, many famous. Uh, anybody on SNL who's ever been anybody, I think, has been through that. So yeah. I just thought that was so cool and so unique. Also, super cool that you've. You, I'm sure you've been able to use that what you've learned in ministry, of course, because you improv, but also in creative arts, which I know is the role you serve at at your church as well as teaching and preaching. So I just thought that was a super cool thing that we don't always think. Pastors, like, hey, my pastor was in Second City. I mean, how many people get to say that? No, yeah, no. I, I, it taught me so much. It definitely made me better in the things I'm doing today. And I think probably the biggest, the biggest value I got from it, um, in terms of that, is just the ability to um, kind of just roll with things and wing it when I need to. And I'm a very prepared person, but I also can lean into just things being organic and being okay with however they go. So that's something that happens when you are making things up in front of an audience on a stage all the time. That's right. 
which is what we do at church. Which so. is, yeah, I'm I was kidding. talking about church. No, <laughs> we're, a little more prepared, yes. <laughs> we're a little bit, a little more prepared, That's but you still never know what's going to happen, right? We, in church you the other day, you never know what's going to happen. Our light, right. our light system just wigged out and right in the middle of the sermon, three different times, all the lights shut off. <laughs> and oh, I was no. like, okay, well, you know, it's live. What are you going to do? Yeah. Who cares? That's right. So. That's right. Just roll with it. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's those little behind the scene, behind the scenes things that people know don't know mm-hmm. always about the life of being on church staff. Mm, so truth. It's <laughs> good. Good word. Well, Andrew, we have so much that I want to get to today, including just digging down into some of the details of the Lead Bold Conference, because we want people to come. We want people to hear about it. We want people to know about the amazing work you guys are doing. But I thought what we'd do first is is kind of take a step back because you know, so often the visions, the dreams, um, the organizations, the nonprofits, the missions that start, they are birthed out of something that God is doing in a particular person's life. I think in the church world, you know, we say that you're wholly discontent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way God works in each and every one of us that we can't help but then do something about it. And we we want to solve a problem or we want to encourage other people. And so share a little bit about where this passion came from in you uh, for leadership, for influence, but it's, it's specifically to encourage women in ministry and how that passion has inspired you to this vision for Lead Bold. Thanks for asking about that. I'm really excited to get to share about it. And I will say that it was just one little baby step at a time. Um, I think if you would have asked me several years ago, had if this were to be an audience that I would be so invested in, I might not have said that it was. We, several of us, um, a couple of us um, were at a women's conference several years ago. I happened to be the keynote and each of them was leading in a different role. And after that conference, which had about 500 women, it was it was a good size kind of camp experience. We were all in the parking lot and we just started envisioning what if there was something like this, but every single woman was a woman who was currently in ministry and called to ministry. And all of us just had this inner excitement about it and this bubbling up. And we just quickly were coming up with ideas of what could this be. And that initial conversation over the coming months and really over the coming year and a half after that morphed into really the birth of Lead Bold. Um, We all sat there in that parking lot realizing that as women who are in ministry, and I think among the three of us, we've probably been in ministry a total of, you know, 60 years or something um, Mm -hmm. because we're all, you know, in our 40s and had been in ministry for a long time. And none of us knew of anything that was specifically a leadership uh, gathering for women who are in ministry. We'd all been to women's conferences. We'd all been to leadership conferences. We'd all been to church conferences. (laughs) But the, you know, the Venn diagram of those all overlapping in that one audience was something that none of us had been to and had not heard of. And we at least knew that it wasn't happening, you know, out here on the West Coast that we knew of. So we just tried to follow God's lead there Ultimately, my church, Crosswinds, um, our elders decided to really come behind that vision and help us financially, and it allowed us to do that very first conference. And it's funny, Sue Ann, because you know how they say, like, if God had shown you what you were going to do all at once, <laughs> you would have run the other way, right? 
<laughs> and so it was kind of like right. that. I feel like he gave us a little bit of a glimpse of this idea and then, okay, this conference and then now more. And now as we're going to talk about branching out to Chicago, but to get to the heart of your question, I think for me, why I am passionate about this audience in particular is because I do feel like women who are in ministry spaces, whatever that looks like, really ha- have a lot that they're up against, um, particularly in the church in a lot of ways. But even just um, as as people who are pioneering a vision, sometimes you feel like you don't have people that are with you or that understand you. Um, as people who have a lot of plates spinning, sometimes you just feel like you're not good enough or you know, you're know you not going to make it. And so to be able to build into women who, when they get built into, it all flows out to, to make kingdom ripples is really, really energizing for me. And so the idea of activating a woman who then is going to build into the work that God's doing through her impacting more people is something that I, I'm just excited. I get to do this. Yes. Yeah. And you know, so I've served on staff here at the the church uh, for about five and a half years as the women's ministry director. And one of the things that I have said over and over and over again, um, is that women have a unique influence in this world. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's better than men. I, I I want no part of competing with my male colleagues and ministry partners who I love and adore. Um, but I think that women have a unique calling in their lives, a unique place of influence. Because if you think about it, we are we are leading in our churches and then we're leading in our, our communities often. We are the, the ones who are the presidents of the PTA or we are in the classrooms or we are heading up that neighborhood, whatever it may be. I mean, when you have leadership gifts, it kind of bleeds over in all these different circles and we're influencing our families and we're influencing our friends and all these in our jobs and, you know, women who work in the um, secular workforce who just the influence that they have in all those unique places and spaces. And so I always tell women, like, no matter what your sphere of influence is, your influence matters. It is unique. It is God given. And so be bold, like lead bold, (laughs) be bold to step in those places and, and, and be who God created you to be. And I think so often we need other women to champion us and remind us of that in those spaces. Absolutely. The the power of being able to look at another woman that you know gets you on those different levels is there is such a bond that is formed and it allows you to go more deep, go vulnerable, in, and especially for women who sometimes don't have the place to do that. So I agree. It's, it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you say on your, on the Lead Bold website, uh, there was a line that stood out to me that said, um, you know, you're talking about even before the pandemic, and I feel like everything now is like pre and post pandemic, (laughs) right? Where we always make those caveats, but uh, pandemic or not, that women often, especially women in ministry can often feel like they're overlooked that they're hindered or they're just plain stopped. And then you have the sentence that you say, yet we know God has called us. We know on the inside, we know when God has put that calling in our lives. And so um, talk a little bit about um, how you encourage women who, or let's back up actually, talk first about why you think women sometimes are overlooked. Why are they hindered? Why do they find themselves 
themselves, especially sometimes in ministry and in the church, just stopped from the places God has called them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the big elephant in the room is certainly uh, within the church um, what women are allowed to do in different church traditions. And so there's many, many things we could say about that. We could have a whole podcast about it. I'm sure you've talked to other guests about it. Um, So there is that. I'll just leave that at that because what I would love to do is dig into one of those words, which is that hindered word. And I think beyond whatever church construct or culture or doctrine you are serving within. Beyond that, I think sometimes there's a couple of things that do cause us to be hindered. One of those is um, ourselves. (laughs) I Mm. think so often women, kind of like what we were saying, you need somebody to speak into you. You need someone to help give you that cheerleading boost that you don't always have. I think we're sometimes our own worst critics. We are the ones who look at other people, other women, and think, oh, God is going to use them instead of me. So I would just love to encourage women to get out of their own way, (laughs) you know, to recognize that, yes, we all have flaws and we all have places where we still have to grow, but that does not mean God won't use you. And it doesn't mean God isn't calling you to the unique purpose that you can do. So I think sometimes we hinder ourselves. And the second thing is that I think sometimes our other obligations can be hindering. And that sometimes that is a, a joyful obligations and sometimes it's not <laughs> joyful obligations. But as you said earlier, you know, women find themselves obviously in a central role in the family. And I know even in my own story, I had so much more freedom and ability to live into what I think God's call is on my life now that my youngest is in high school. You know, I mean, when they were little, there were just limits that just were because I was the one that drove the minivan. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, so those kind of obligations, um, or you know, even working. I, I talk to women all the time who are bivocational or they're leading as a volunteer in in high level leadership ways, but they're also working. I mean, here in the Bay Area, you're hard pressed to find a a family that doesn't have to have double income to afford to live here. So you have women who are working full time and feeling called to lead in certain ways. So I just want to, you know, there's many, many things that hinder or silence or or stop altogether. But those two things, um, I think we can have a little bit more ownership over those places where we might be able to make adjustments to how we're thinking about ourselves or even just how we're managing our other obligations that might free up a little bit of us being hindered. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also other times where we need to accept you know, as women, I feel like so often we talk about the seasons we're in. Mm. I don't know if men talk about that as much <laughs> as we as women do. And I know there's men out there listening to this conversation today is a focus a little more on females. But, um, you know, we talk so much about seasons and I have this is just confession for me. You know, I went back to seminary. I went to seminary. I started um, two years ago. And it's very easy for me. I, I kind of figured out my church calling and my my ministry calling a little bit later after my kids were a little bit older. And it's very easy for me to look at other women who were able, like you, to go right out of, you know, right out of 
college or to have more of that experience behind them where I'm just starting. And it's really easy for me to get in my head and say, oh, you know, um, why is this my story? Why why did I not go to seminary until I was 45 years old? Like, why, why is that, you know, I'm behind mm-hmm. or, you know, all of a sudden we start to compare and we're going to get to talk about comparison a little bit. But I think it's so important to, to just own our own stories and to be in the places that God has called us to be and to let that be enough. Yes, to be kind to yourself. And absolutely, the comparison thing is is a real drag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's stop doing it. I know, and we're so good at it as women. So like I said, we're going to get there. I don't want to get there yet, but we're going to get there. So Andrea, as you have gone throughout your um, calling, your career, and you found your pl- yourself in those places where you have felt hindered, whether by yourself or by your circumstances, who have been the people who, who have encouraged you, encouraged you and spoken into you? And what did that look like in your life? Mm-hmm. There have been so many people, and I hope that those who are listening can say that is true of them as well. So many people that have poured in, and, and sometimes in seasons, like you're saying, and sometimes just consistently over time. When I first... Um, you know, you, you we kind of talked a little bit about what we wanted to talk about. And when, when we first were talking about this question, the first person who came to mind is a woman named Diana Pintar. And this was when I lived in Michigan and she was a speaker and really felt God's call on her life to invest in younger women who were speaking or who wanted to do that more and just wanted to hone those gifts a little bit. And somehow I got um, on her radar and became part of this group uh, that was like a year-long, really a cohort. I don't think any of us were using the word cohort back then because <laughs> this was like this was like 20, I don't know, 20-some years ago. But I'm sure that word existed. I'm just saying I hear it a lot more now. <laughs> but we would have called it a cohort if we had been using that term, that terminology. Uh, so we joined together and she just invested in us and taught us, taught me so much about really what ultimately became the foundation of my ability to craft a message, to deliver a message, to even think the way that you have to think when you want to teach or preach. So she was somebody who just saw just enough potential, you know, and then had said yes to God and what he was asking her to do and chose to pour that into the 12 of us. We were like her old 12 disciples. And I got to be one of those people. And I truly, I truly, I think my life and my ministry would look really different right now had she not made that investment in me for a couple of years when I was in my 20s. So encouraging, so encouraging and so good. And I hope, like you said, people listening, everyone can point to at least one person in their life who has done that for them, who has been able to see them. You know, I love the story of Hagar sitting under that tree, feeling like she was dying. Mm-hmm. And God said, no, I see, I see you. you. I am the God who sees. Yeah. And, and I think we we need people in our lives, all of us too, who see us, who see the gifts in us. And I look back at my own life and I see the women who have built into me and men who have built into me who saw just this little inkling of something in me that was not even close to being developed. Like it was, <laughs> it was probably bad. Actually, it was probably, <laughs> you know, just a hot mess. And yet they see something and are willing to speak into those places. And I, I look back at my own journey and think if it wasn't for those people who not just saw it and thought it, but who actually took the time to speak into my life, to encourage the next step, to teach, to disciple, to do all of those things. Like, 
you know, I don't know where I would be without that. I don't know where you would be without that. And I think it's such an encouragement for us as women, especially to make sure that we're doing that for the women that we see. It's so important. It, I love what you're saying about like not just thinking it, but actually taking action on it. And I really believe that any prompt that we have that is to affirm someone, encourage them, uh, choose to lead with grace in the conversation versus judgment, any of that is so spirit-led. And I hope that we don't ever press any of that down and just say that kind word, say that uh you know, vision that you have for someone, affirm that person, even especially the people who do act like they, how do I say this? Sometimes people who do come across as confident and maybe even come across as as a little bit of prideful, sometimes it's because deep inside they're just truly not. <laughs> and so sometimes mm-hmm. we hold back our applause, quote unquote applause to them because we think, eh, the last thing they need is to be, you know, built into even more. But sometimes those are the people that really need to hear that sincere word that what they're doing matters and that and that they are using their gifts. And so that I don't know. That's just a a thought as we think about being intentional to build into other people as we've been built into. Yeah, that's so good. Someone out there needed to hear that today. I have no, I have no doubt that's a, <laughs> that's a good word. You know, this does all lead into talking about comparison, and it's so interesting to me because. Um, I've worked with lots of teams of women through my whole ministry career. And I used to work in an organization before I started the church that was all women. And when people found out that I worked with all women, their first response was often like, oh, sorry. Sorry oh, about that. So you know, sad. like, and it's so sad. And I, I, and then being in women's ministry and now I'm transitioning out of women's ministry, but just working with women, my, my career, it is, it is one of the things that I've learned to rise up and say, no, I actually love working and serving alongside women and this perception that, that, that you all have or that other women have or, or whoever it may be have that somehow it's a, it's a bad thing to team up with other women is, is really, uh, I, I'm just kind of over it. I, I have no tolerance for it anymore because I've, I've served alongside so many amazing women who I'm so grateful for. But this issue of comparison, mm-hmm. you know, and we've touched on it a couple of times already that there's something in us often as women who think, well, I can't celebrate her or I can't, I can't give her this spot or invite her into this place because then there's not going to be enough for me. Or somehow I'm, if, if she, sh- if I bring her in or if I'm in a space and she shines, then somehow I don't. And, and I, I want to talk about this because when, when we were sitting in, uh, you know, you had cast vision for lead bold coming to Chicago, we, we sat in, um, someone's a woman's house and we all sat and talked about what we were excited about about this conference and the thing that came out of my mouth was let's shatter this perception um, and the reality that that women need to compete and compare and so tell me from your vantage point how lead bold seeks to do that and why it's so important for women to come to uh, events and conferences and, and be in other spaces in their life where we're really championing one another as women it is so critical that we do that. And I think the vision or the kind of word picture that comes to mind for me a lot is just this idea of a big, big, big table. And this sense that my space at the table is not impacted by whoever is whoever else is sitting at the table because this table is endless. 
And mm-hmm. so we really have that mindset when it comes to how we how we work within our Lead Bold community. One of the things that I think is a value in our community is that we have amazing women who are leading in these incredible things that they're not coming to be part of Lead Bold necessarily to kind of try to like let people find out about their ministry. They're coming because they as a leader (laughs) need to be there. But the bonus of it is we as a community all get exposed to each other's ministries and I very much want to highlight um, other women who are doing good work. And if that means that someone in our Lead Bold community finds that, say say it's a, a you know, cohorts is a good example. Um, let me finish my sentence there, though. Uh, find something <laughs> else and, and no longer does anything with Lead Bold because now they're doing it all with this other thing. I am so okay with that. Um, I, I love that. Like, yes, please. Yes, please. Let lead bold be whatever God wants it to be, however he's going to use it. Um, so in the in the idea of cohorts, I was just talking to a woman a couple of days ago who's there in, in your area who is doing amazing things with some brand new cohorts for women who are um, teaching pastors, preachers, people who are in the pulpit. And she's working with them and training them, and she's created this whole curriculum, and she's seeing growth, and it's so, so good. Well, at Lead Bold, we've also launched cohorts for pastors. And as we were talking, I I found myself having sort of this realization of, you know, if I, if I was somebody who um, didn't work really hard to have this, like we're all at the table, I would find myself being jealous of her. Um, secretly kind of hoping she doesn't, you know, that she fails, not wanting to tell anyone about her, all those things. But instead, and I don't mean this like, oh, I'm doing so great at this. I just mean like, this is how it's supposed to be. Instead, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, I've got two people I can connect you with that can help you in what you need. And how can we talk about this with what we're doing and who in my community should be exposed to what you're doing and what was so beautiful she and I kind of actually called it out, like this sense of like, she even was like, I'm done with the comparison, kind of what we're saying. And so it was mutual. She also was like, oh man, I'm going to think about who who do I know that I can tell them about Lead Bold. And I just say that as an example of like the generosity of spirit that I think we have in Christ is something that we need to lean into more. Because if we are spending any energy um comparing to each other or even ugh, wishing that somebody maybe didn't quite have so much success because they're in our quote-unquote lane. Ugh, what a waste. What a waste of what we could be doing in, in exactly what God's called us to do and in the work that He's calling us to do. And I'll tell you what, there are plenty of people, men and women, that need a good Christian leaders, and um, there's enough to go around. So, I would just say that you know, as we lean into just our faith in in God and that He is bigger than our kind of petty worries about that, mm-hmm. uh, we'll experience a lot of freedom when it comes to living living out with joy the calling that God has on our life. That's so good. You just said that so well, and I think 
being rooted in the fact that it's God's abundance. It's Christ working in us. It's the kingdom at work. It's not us at work. It is the kingdom at work. Mm-hmm. And, and we're such a tiny piece of what God is doing. And and so when we come at it with that mindset, the abundance there is just infinite. And so um, I know we need to continually remind ourselves of it because I know for me, like I, I feel it come up in my spirit when I want to be envious mm-hmm. or jealous or or ho- compete or hold on. Mm-hmm. And I just keep coming back to the truth of who God is and what he's called us to do. So thanks for that reminder yeah. today. That's so good. I think Andy Stanley writes about, um, I, I don't remember what book it is, but he talks about kind of jealousy. And he says, one of the antidotes is when you see someone doing something that you're jealous of, a practice to push that, a practice to push aside jealousy is to go out of your way and compliment them and celebrate them. It's kind of, you know, what you're saying, like, I'm going to choose to celebrate, even if I don't feel like it, because the, the feelings will come after the action sometimes, you know? So... Yes, as a, as an Enneagram four, I I have leaned into that practice hard and heavy, and it's <laughs> good, <laughs> and uh, it's been good for my soul. So, and and there is genuineness and sincerity that that comes, and so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Andrea, now that we've gotten, uh, hopefully people, we've hooked them and we've intrigued <laughs> them and got them excited. Uh, let's talk about the conference. So we're hosting the conference. I say it in the intro, this conference, the Lead Bowl Conference, the first one in the Midwest. We're so excited. We're hosting here at Christchurch, November 3rd and 4th. Um, we want everyone to know. We want everyone to come. And so tell us a little bit more about the conference and when, a, when someone comes to the conference, what they can expect. Thank you for your guys' generosity and partnering with us to host. I am so, I'm really anticipating good things. I know God has good things in store. Um, well, like we said, this is a really unique gathering where any woman you make eye contact with is someone who understands you on some level because we are all in ministry leadership. Um, we've designed the conference with that in mind, and because of that, We've really tried to attend to a few different needs that we think women who are ministry leaders need. Uh, one is kind of just to be inspired, you know, to to have someone pour into us who normally is doing all the pouring out, right? So um, we have main sessions where we've got Tara Beth Leach, who I believe you two have met. Just kidding. <laughs> Tara, I think a few people, yeah, a few here people have met Tara, Tara Beth. We have Jenny Wong Clayville. Um, and we have Barb Roos, who are going to be bringing our keynote sessions um, to just really pour in with some real equipping and inspiring content. We're also going to have you, Sue Ann, are leading a panel discussion that includes a couple of them along with one of our workshop speakers I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, just talking about all things ministry leadership, and it's going to be so good. Um, and then we actually have one of our main sessions, and we kind of keep this one a little more you know, under wraps. But one of our main sessions actually is much more geared toward inner reflection. I think as leaders, especially leaders in the church or in other ministry spaces, um, we we know that there is a need for us to have that alone time with God where He is the only voice we're hearing. And yet, <laughs> all the other things we already talked about get in the way of us actually doing that. So from the get-go, we just felt like it was so significant that we build in time into our work, into our conference schedule to give women that space. So a little bit of our time is spent with a short prompting message, and then we send everybody away for a good chunk of time to just listen only to God. And that 
is one of the times that we hear back from women is sometimes the most significant time of the conference. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of got the big gathering to be like energized and inspired and equipped. And then we have the one-on-one that we build in because it matters (laughs) and because sometimes our souls just need nurturing that way. And then, the, and then the other two pieces are our workshops. We've got four really incredible workshops. Um, one with Dr. Jackie Reese talking about men and women working together. Why is it so hard, and how do we? How do, what do we do about it? Uh, we have Danielle Kelly, who's a leader there in the Chicago land. Um, she's going to be talking about something that might be a saboteur to your ministry leadership that might be sneaking up on you. Um, we have Annie Purdue Olson, who's coming in also from the Midwest, but not specifically from Chicago. She's an incredible leadership coach. She's going to be talking about how to use questions as really important tools for how you lead. And then we also have Gail Donahue, who um, is with Sacred, which again is uh, focusing on kind of those inner contemplative practices that we want to build into our everyday life. So really, really good, like customizable workshops. Um, You get to pick two of them. So I want to go to all four of them. I hope everybody wants to go to all four, but you at least get to pick two. So that's good. And then the last thing, you know, because we know that connection is so important, especially when maybe, you know, at your, where you're serving, you might be the only woman at the table. Um, Having that connection, especially with people who are not in your same leading space is so important. So we've built in something that we just call connect time, where it's, it's a, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's kind of like speed dating, but a quick way to meet (laughs) other women who are serving in similar ministry spaces. And then we just leave it up to you guys to like keep that going. But we just are trying to be really intentional with with helping you rub shoulders with um, other women that might ultimately be a place where you can cultivate some, some important friendships. So it's kind of all that. Plus, do we have time to talk about the pre-conference? <laughs> Absolutely. So the day before the main conference, um, on Wednesday the 2nd in the afternoon, Northern Seminary is partnering with us to offer a pre-conference called Women, Theology, Leadership, and Power. And we're looking at um, ancient and biblical women and the lessons that we can learn from them when it comes to our leadership today. What I'm so thankful for is that Northern, as one of our partners, is actually offering this as a way to even get—you can either just come and just— you know, have your mind blown by all the things you're learning. And that's great. That's good on its own. But they've designed it where you can actually um, turn it into uh, CEUs or actually seminary credit. Uh, two of their professors, Dr. Lynn Kohick and um, Dr. Ingrid Faro, are going to be there teaching it. And I, uh, I'm i going to be there. <laughs> I've been to seminary, but I'm like, I'm going to be there. If I get a chance to sit I'm in seminary and, and I'm you're going to be, be there. there. Yes, so I'm yes, showing up. For sure. <laughs> it's going to be so rich and it's just going to be a great kickoff to, to the rest of our couple of days. So, I mean, it's just, we really, like I said, just try to design something that hits all the things so that women by the end of our time together, as we close on Friday midday, they will feel so full and overflowing that um, they'll know that God uh, gave them just what they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so easy for women. It's so easy for us as women to, you know, I mean, 
we're busy, right? Carving out the time and, and maybe making the childcare arrangements or, or organizing our schedules or cutting out those meetings or whatever it may be. But um, the things that you're talking about are, are kingdom impacts, soul shaping um, ways that we can, I was going to say do even better. I, I don't mean it like that, but be the women, right? Uh, be equipped, of course, get better at our crafts and our skills, but just to remind each other and, uh, you know, why God has called us, what he's called us to, and to, to link arms, rub shoulders, and to encourage one another to step boldly into the places God God is leading us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, I'm so excited. I hope this uh, gives everyone who's listening just that extra boost to register, sign up, do it, invite a friend. Who do you need to write this moment? Think about who who needs to hear this conversation, who needs to come. And so uh, I'm excited for people to hear this. Andrea, I'm going to let you go in just one minute, but I have one more question for you. And this is a question that I ask everybody who comes on the Deeper Still podcast. You cannot escape it. Um, but the reason we call it Deeper Still is because we believe that God is never done with us, that we are in seasons of our lives where just when we think we've gotten to a place of maybe I have this figured out or maybe I'm doing okay here. God calls us to go a little deeper and then he calls us to go a little deeper still. And so um, please share with us an area in your life right now in your present season where God is calling you to go deeper still. I love that you ask that question um, and I'm sure you get a myriad of answers. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. Yeah, It's it's good. It's good. I think for me, as I pondered that question, I, my answer is not what I thought it would be as I thought about it. So here's here's what I'm going to say. I think that one of the things that God has been very kindly showing me and inviting me into lately is just a deeper sense of our partnership. Um, obviously, we talk about following God. Um, we talk sometimes about getting ahead of God. But I think something that's been impressed on me more recently is this idea of just walking side by side, you know, walk in step with the Spirit, as as is it Galatians, I think, says. Um, but in particular, I've heard a couple of things just in the last week or so that have given me some perspective here that I'm really just kind of chewing on. So it's still in process. So I don't have any great answers, but here's what I've been thinking about when it comes to that the, the sense of going deeper when it comes to my partnership with God. Um, one is that I was listening to, I was listening to someone and they use this phrase that we that that as we approach our tasks and all the things we have to do, that we would do them as an expression of our friendship with God. And that really struck me. I loved that idea because you know, especially as I'm heading into the conference time here, obviously I've got a to-do list that's like a mile long. And you kind of joke just now about like, not that we're going to do better, but be better. But also <laughs> we got a lot to do, you know, we're do- we are doing <laughs> things. Um, and so just that sense of like what I'm doing is an expression of my friendship with God. And so that's one. And then a second one is um, I was talking to, I was talking to somebody. We actually have an Instagram live that we do twice a month with Lead Bold, and I always have like a guest come on, and we just talk. And uh, yesterday, the the woman, it was actually Annie Purdue Olson, who's one of our workshop speakers. She was talking about this idea on a team, and on and and I use the word collaboration. And she said, you know, a word I really like to use that I'm using more and more 
besides collaboration is co-create. And it was like, yes, co-create. And so I kind of resonated with that and this sense of co-creating with God and this sense of, yes, it's God and it's me. And what we're creating together is because of both of us. Um, and then the other, then the third one was um, somebody was reading something out of a book by Anne Lamont, and she described prayer as prayer is talking to God about what we're doing together, and that really struck me. And so, I, I hope none of that sounds like oh, it's about me. I don't mean that. I just mean that I think God does put in us this obviously a calling, but. He puts these raw materials in us, and then as we engage with Him, those things become what they're supposed to be. So for me, lately, Deeper Still is really leaning into what it means to partner with God as only, like my co-creation with Him is no one else's looks like that just like yours with him. No one else's looks like that. And so it's just this beautiful, intimate treasure of, hey, God, hey, Andrea, look what we get to do together. And so I'm finding a lot of joy in that and permission and just celebration. And I think that's kind of a deeper sense than maybe how I thought of it before. That's amazing. What a perfect answer and what a perfect way to end this conversation. Just calling people to go deeper still, calling people to lead boldly as we cast this vision before them. And so, Andrea, thanks so much for being here. We'll be praying for your team. Uh, We'll be praying for all the events or all the details to come together. I know they will. And we can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. Ditto, my friend. It's going to be amazing. And I'm so thankful we got to have this conversation. And, you know, even if it was just us having a conversation, that's good enough for me. But I hear you're actually going to put it out in the world, which is great. <laughs> we are going to put it out in the world. So for better or for worse, it's going to be out in the world. Oh, it'll so, be better. Uh, that's what we podcast, you know, but I agree. Great conversation between the two of us. I feel encouraged today. So thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Me too. Thanks for having me. Well, friends, thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you are a woman in ministry, we just can't say it enough. If you're on staff at a church, if you help lead a nonprofit, maybe you serve in a volunteer capacity, you're an elder, a worship leader, an intern, a team leader of some sort. Maybe you're an author or an influencer. I don't know what it might be, but if you are a woman serving in some capacity that feels God has called you to use your influence in whatever sphere you're in. You don't want to miss this time to be together. You can learn more about Lead Bold at leadingbold.org. And of course, more importantly, you can register there today. And of course, don't forget to pass it on to your friends. Encourage a woman in your life to step into her calling today with this invitation. Well, we'll be back with another episode of Deeper Still in just a couple of weeks where I'll be talking to the founder and president of an organization called ProGrace. You do not want to miss this conversation. So until then, be sure to subscribe to Deeper Still on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, my friends, as always, don't forget to ask how God might be calling you right in the middle of your everyday, hectic, chaotic, mundane life to go deeper still.